What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Rideshare Rodeo, Uber Lyft driver and gig economy news. Sponsored by Middleton Technologies Maximo. I'm your host, SJ, and it's time to get it on. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another week. Glad to have you back. Um, not a hundred percent yet, but man, I'm 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 feeling a lot better, you know, for sure. So, uh, yeah. Um, anyway, <laughs> uh, this is the two year anniversary, and uh, last year on the one year anniversary of the podcast, I should say. So let me let me run through something real quick. So UberLiftDrivers.com, UberLiftDrivers.com. Not just rideshare and Uber and Lyft, guys. It covers everything from delivery space to rideshare space to all the gig economy space to micromobility to everything. So go there to get any tech news relating to the gig economy and what could be coming down the chute. It's got it all. And uh, I know many of you already do. However, UberLiftDrivers.com now in its fifth year. So that was the first thing I started. And then... um I had done a little podcasting with Jason Teary from the Gig Economy Podcast. What up, bro? And uh, that's a shout out to Jason and uh, and Jesper, by the way. Um, but, uh, you know, I had a little experience on that, um, sitting in with them just a couple times and uh, still was focused on UberLiftDrivers.com, but I wanted to do something different than what they do. And now we absolutely are at a place where we recognize that Jason and I do a radio show together on Friday night called Driver Nation on tncradio.live. You can catch that from 7 to 9 Eastern, or you can do the math for any other part of the country. It's a gig economy uh, call-in show, and we welcome all of you to call in. Please do. Um, we'd love to have just random callers, people we haven't spoke with before, people we know and we've liked to have spoken with, whatever, just call in. Um, we are there. But uh, yeah, so it was kind of, you know, it was fun doing that with them. And as I, I was planning on a podcast in January 2020, and it didn't, you know, I had so much going on always like start of the year, my son, just a new year, school going back into session for him, kind of getting through the holidays, all this stuff. And it just, it just didn't come together right. And I still was focused on UberLiftDrivers.com. So when the um, pandemic hit, uh, and I know some of you have heard this before, so I'll just roll through it. Um, when the pandemic hit, I uh, absolutely wanted to start the podcast because I wanted to start it to help people because there was a lot of people out there that needed help in different ways. Um, so I won't even get into that. You can go back and listen to all the original episodes, although I, I uh, <laughs> warn you, please listen to some of the newer ones first so you know what the podcast is really about now as opposed to what it was then because it was uh, bad sounding and, uh, well, I mean, it was just 
basic equipment and have built our way up to a little bit better sound and all this, a lot better sound actually. But um, yeah, so Jace, or um, sorry, David Pickerell and I um, got hooked up and he was doing autonomy.jobs. He was also doing these um, funding of uh, COVID testing facilities in California and through through different outlets and stuff. And he was doing all this stuff that needed to be done. And he was doing it faster than the federal government, in my opinion. So as always, you know, I give David um, kudos and a, hat, and, a, and a tip of the hat here right now, because uh, David's been on the podcast quite a bit. I've got I've had the pleasure of working with David, um, you know, on many different projects and Team Para, but um, David specifically. And David and I, uh, if nothing else, we've had a lot of time to brainstorm and just talk weekly. I mean, like we have a weekly, now because we're both so busy, we have a um, a block of time where outside of all work, even though we still do things together and whatnot, outside of all work, we get together and we just talk for at least a half hour. And if it goes over, it goes over. Um, but where we just kind of talk about, hey, what are you doing? You going hiking this weekend? What you, you know, just to kind of get out of our heads and remember how this all started. And it's it's good to go back because the podcast was meant to be something, when it was first in my vision, it was meant to be something. And then the pandemic hit and I used it to help people as I started it. And then it evolved into something else, into something else, into something else. And it finally got to what it is now. And I am doing some restructuring. However, I don't consider that too much of how the podcast evolved. Now I'm looking at it from a different viewpoint and saying, okay, I see some things I love and I see some things that, you know, nothing do I look back and regret, but there's times where it was just me for the whole hour. And I went, you know, and I give you all the news and this and that and the other. And then occasionally I'd have a guest, uh, especially around AB5 type stuff, because I was so interested in that. Not what it was going to do just to the gig economy, but the traditional independent contractorship. Um, so I've got very knowledge in that and got to meet a lot of people. Um, but then it went back to just me. Then it went back to all kinds of things. And then it, for a while was a lot of interviews. Um, but that's kind of when I was starting the YouTube channel. And the YouTube channel is starting to grow pretty well on its own, along with also the help of some just amazing content creators that I can't thank enough. Um, and even, you know, one in sp- in in particular, who actually sponsors this the podcast, uh, Middleton Technologies. Gary Middleton has become quite a friend to me, and uh, he sits in on the roundtables I do on Thursdays on YouTube. Um, his knowledge of the tech part of everything is just always so great to have, as well as the fact that he just kind of sees the future of things the way I do, and so, but also he opposes my opinion a lot. So. We have a complete respect for one another and often learn from one another, as well as, you know, Hannibal is hungry. Hannibal Darby. I can't give that guy enough credit. Um, Jason Thierry and Jesper, but Jason Thierry, I, I cannot give enough credit to. He helped me start the podcast and all what it's become today. Um, and also, I need to give some props to Mr. Flex and Pedro uh, Dordes Santiago and all all kinds of people. Kim Kim side money plans on YouTube. A ton of people on the on uh, Ron uh, Entree Courier. I I've just got a lot of people around me who are just amazing people, amazing content creators or podcasters or whatever they might be. 
and I feel very blessed in that. And, uh, um, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, I just had to thank all of them. Okay. So that said, I, I just want to, I, I, I want to let you guys know that the podcast is going to have a couple of changes in that every, I said, I said it last week, but because of my teeth being pulled, um, I didn't start it on Friday. Also, I didn't, I wasn't thinking right. Cause I thought last Friday was going to be May. I thought we were already going to be in May and I am running the extra bonus podcasts on Fridays, which are from the round tables that we record. Um, so again, you guys won't hear the same. If Don't get confused because you won't hear the same intro. And it'll probably just kind of jump into the piece like it does when we do when we do it raw. So you're just going to get the raw file almost of here's how it went. You'll, you'll hear the Maximo ad for one minute and then we'll just you just hear the introductions and we jump in. And it'll end directly after. So I'm just going to put those up on Fridays. And those are for you guys to enjoy because they are some great conversations. So I've got I've got at least May and June, and I think even July, I've got that all planned out where that will happen. So for the next three months, you can count on bonus podcasts on Friday. Keep your ears peeled because, hey, it's something to listen to over the weekend while you're working gig work. Am I right? Um, and I know a lot of you guys love the regular podcast. So that's why I'm saying... Here's here here we come full circle that the this podcast will be what it was, what it has been, what it started off as, what it changed into, um what I have loved about it and uh where I see it now and beyond. And that's going to be the new podcast. And that's the best way I can put it cuz it may change week to week. But I got all kinds of cool things coming up. Um, and in fact, I was going to start one of them this week, but I'm going to hold back a little bit because we're going to roll through some news. And then I just, uh, um, you know, who knows what kind of shout outs I give along the way here, you know, and I'm sure I forgot a lot of people, but I am so thankful to all of you for making this all possible. And um, yeah, I mean, just... I don't know. Um, it's 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 overwhelming, you know. Almost three thousand uh, uh, followers on the Uberlift drivers dot uh, Uberlift drivers Twitter account. Uh, coming up on six hundred on the Rideshare Rodeo Twitter account. Um, the YouTube uh, Rideshare Rodeo account just crossed over six hundred subscribers. Um, but I feel like we're on a good pace now. We're gaining more subscribers. And so the more we get and the more people like videos and subscribe, um, the more that we're getting into the feed and the more people I'm being exposed to. And I absolutely think, and I hear it from content creators all the time, that um, the content we're creating on YouTube, sometimes the podcasts or the pieces run longer than the YouTube uh, defined perfection algorithm time of 8 to 13 minutes. Um I do put out 13 minutes of news once a week now there, brought over from uberliftdrivers.com. But, um, I, you know, it's a lot of my pieces are a little bit longer. But once people find the channel and like something, and as long as I don't forget to tell, remind them, because I do all the time, and then I get to hear about it from other people, but to subscribe as well. Um, but we are just, yeah, I mean, and then, oh, <laughs> sorry, guys, I got I to gotta throw one last group in there. And we will be talking about this in much more depth next week, but I got to throw in the Patreon members. Um, I've got, I've got a handful right now. Not you know, not a ton or anything. You know, under ten. 
Um, but those guys are awesome. And I'm hoping to create a couple different levels, maybe even just a level of, you know, a very basic like dollar or two that's like another brick in the wall, I'd call it, just, you know, to help build the community. I'm just trying to, through the Patreon page, I'm trying to make sure that all the services that are needed to bring all of these with great sound and uh, quality, and for me, you know, just basically the services. I mean, if you guys believe it or, you know, believe it or not, I had Photoshop, um, and it was like Photoshop 6, so it was old, but I only used Photoshop for a couple things. My Photoshop license got deactivated, and they won't reactivate. I still have a disk I bought from Adobe um, with a code that is legit, and I can have it registered on the computer, but they won't let you do it anymore because they want everybody online um, because so many bootleg copies were out there in existence. So I've even had to go as far as paying now $9.99 a month just to have Photoshop back because for like four months I didn't have it. Um but yeah, I mean, the Patreon page is just to, if, if you feel like you can and you want to support the creative process, plus the whole dumpling project I'm going to be doing is going to be over there on Patreon. Again, I will do updates um, on the podcast. I will give you guys updates about about how it's going and or big things that happen. But over on the Patreon page, you're going to be able to follow the good, the bad, and the ugly along the way. And I think that's going to be a very interesting thing. I also have a couple other projects planned for over there. Um, so stay tuned. So guys, that was just a quick thank you here. Um, let's let's jump into a little bit of news now and uh, and see what we got going. Um, I'm going to start with two quick, uh, more lighthearted fun pieces, see what you guys think of them. I don't know if you saw last week, but uh, I found it just absolutely uh, hysterical. Um, and it, uh, you know, I mean, the way it was handled is what it is. Uh, actually the, you know, the family dealt with it pretty well, but so I don't know if you guys heard about the, uh, four-year-old kid who ordered Starbucks. So I guess some, uh, you know, his grandmother and I don't know about grandfather or whatever, but the grandmother, um, and some other people were over at the house and somehow the four-year-old got grandma's phone and somehow got into her Uber Eats uh, account and ordered $240 worth of Starbucks coffee. <laughs> okay, now hold on, because it gets a little better and there's a little twist on this, you guys. So, okay, so he orders $240 worth of Starbucks coffee. And um, before he puts it through, what does he do? He has a $32 tip, okay? Um, now, I need to mention that for app delivery, you can get that $32 tip. You can get uh, more, but you way, 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 way often can get way less because a lot of times people just aren't the best about tipping. And I think we don't need to get into that too far. Um, it ended up that the stuff showed up and the family, you know, obviously a little angry about the situation, but at the same time made the best of it. They paid for it. They didn't, they didn't uh, dispute it and say, Oh my gosh, the kid got the phone and I don't, you know, they didn't try and make trouble about it. They just, they made the best of a situation and everybody got a coffee out of it. And so be it. I just found it funny. Um, for those of you that have kids, I'm sure that you can find the, the humor in that. And if your kids like mine are not four anymore, you know, and they're, they're years, years older, you know, even me, I'm having a little trouble recalling back to see, man, could he have done that? I don't, 
I don't know. I don't know. Um, but anyway, I, I found that funny. Um, the other thing that's uh, a, a fairly odd story this week is this. I don't know if you saw this. Um, it was. It came out uh, April 30th um, in the news. Um, a woman gets Uber helicopter ride as cheapest option to reach JFK airport. So... I'm going to scroll down here a little bit. So the woman said that she went into the Uber app and typed in um, from her house, uh, JFK Airport, JFK International Airport. Um, UberX came up as uh, a 343 drop-off. Now, I don't know what the time of pickup, where she lived, how far this trip was. I mean, I've seen a couple things, but I'm not going to get into those kind of details. I'm just going to, when I list the Uber X and go down the line, it'll make sense. So when I'm talking drop off, this is now, I'm going to read you the price of, of the three different things that she was offered and the drop off time that she would arrive at JFK International Airport. So she had the option of an Uber X dropping her off at the airport at 3.43 p.m for $126.84. She had the option of Uber Pool dropping her off at the airport between 3:57 and 4:25 p.m. for 102.56. But the third option came up. Uber Copter. Uber Copter was $202.79 slash priced to $101.39 and got her there at 3.27 p.m. So it got her there 15 minutes quicker than the Uber X could have, and it's a helicopter. Um, you can... I'm, all these links are going to be in the show notes, guys. I'm going to put a link to each story we talk about today because uh, you'll you'll want to scroll through this and see some of the shots. There's a video in the article. Uh, but there's some Twitter shots, too, and more talk about it through that way. Um, but she, yeah, it says, uh, you know, there's a return reply. It says, me going home from work in my Uber helicopter. And it's got a little video. So, I mean, like, it, it's crazy. So, uh, it's it, and those are the lighthearted stories. Okay, so, so we'll... Uh, We'll we'll pause there for a quick second, and and while we take a pause before I get into the rest of the news, um, again, major shout out to Middleton Technologies, MiddletonTech.com. Middleton Technologies makes uh, the driver utility helper for DoorDash drivers. It makes Maximo for um, Uber, Lyft, Uber Eats, and Grubhub uh, drivers, and it makes. Uh, Flex Alert for Amazon Flex drivers. And all of these apps provide um, filters to make your work easier, including the filter auto accept and decline, which once you set all your parameters, this is how much I want to make, this is how far I want to go, this is what I want to blah, 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 for your market, this is how far I'm willing to drive, all that kind of stuff. It will then auto accept based on all your parameters. And when it does auto accept one, it turns off all the other apps. And then when you're done with that job, it leaves you on there, but it turns all the other apps back on for you. So think of completely hands-free while multi-apping or even while not multi-apping hands-free. You know, not having to look at, 
I mean, let's let's be honest, you guys. Most dashers, most of the veteran best dashers have some... I, I used to say lower. I'll be a little kinder now. Do, Ms., Mr. Flex has showed me that maybe, maybe, maybe a couple of you go a little higher, so be a little nicer. The best veteran DoorDash drivers have acceptance rates of zero to or one to 20%. I used to say one to 10, but one to 20%. Those are your best drivers. Those are the ones who know how to pick the orders. But here's my point. Um, you know, why, why even have an acceptance rate? Why even have the hidden transparency? And again, that's one, these, one of those mind blowing questions, but you can go into any of our content on this and, and start to get acquainted with it. So, you know, you can go to uberliftdrivers.com, you can go to YouTube, you can go to Twitter, you can go to the Facebook groups, whatever, and you can find the information on the Rideshare Rodeo stuff. Um, you can find links on uberliftdrivers.com to uh, YouTube and Twitter and the Facebook pages. And uh, just kind of go from there. And again, guys, while you're at YouTube, even if you don't use you use YouTube much, please give me a subscribe. Even if you're just listening to the audio podcast here, um, but you're not on YouTube that much, give me a subscribe over there. Um, you don't have to watch anything to do it. You don't have to pay anything to do it. It's free. Uh, but I would like to uh, try and get those numbers up a little bit. So if you guys could help me out from uh, even if you're one of some of my audio podcast people, because the truest listeners are here on the audio podcast. They are here every week. You guys have been here for two years as of now. And the YouTube channel's only been going since June of last year. So we're coming up on a year anniversary. So I do treat that heavily too. And we have a big community over there. But um, all the communities blend together for me. UberLiftDrivers.com. Uh, the po- audio podcast and the and the YouTube channel. So, um, but check out the Gary Middleton apps and check them out for uh, um, for the filtering. If you want to try Maximo, you can try it for 14 days free, and it doesn't do an auto bill thing. It's not some trick where after the 14 days you're auto billed. It actually gives you the 14 days for free, and then after that, it just it'll work. It just won't because you can have a. I think there's a free version that you can have, but you you can't have all the features and you'll want them after the 14 days without going back and getting it. And the price on Maximo is just, it's so low. It's four nine, it's $4 and 99 cents a month or 49 99 a year. So you get two months free that way. And that's, I'm telling you guys, once you understand what these apps do, you'll understand the value of them. So go check out, uh, middletontech.com and check out their apps or, uh, check out Maximo app. Uh, dot com. And also, guys, um, if you are going to check them out, because my guess is if you take the time to check them out, you're going to love what you hear. You're going to give them a try. Please make sure to use the link in the show notes here to sign up. Um, Gary and I work together on a different level, so I don't get paid on a per basis. But, um, you know, I, he, I'd i like him to know when people come over from the rodeo. So um, please uh, give a click on those links. As well as you guys know, I put the affiliate links I put, put, I use, I believe in, and I think are the best paying ones out there. Nobody is, nobody's asking me to, or they do ask, but nobody's, nobody's telling me, or I'm not doing this. I'm not putting up ads that everybody wants to run. I work with companies and promote in the affiliate links, only companies that I think pay the best. Like, for example, 
right now shipped isn't in there, but I'm about to add my shipped link because I don't, you know, is it that is it that much better or different with the algorithm than all the rest? Not really. However, I'm doing very well on shipped. So um yeah, I mean I think steadily it has a steadier, better feel to it. And I know some other creators who feel the same way. Um, Dash Theory TV, John. What up, John? Um, you know, that's another channel you can check out too. But uh yeah. So the affiliate links are ones I believe in, have used, currently use. And if you ever have any questions too, always email me, steve at rideshareradio.com. Speaking of which, before I move on any farther, uh, I am looking for some um, gig workers across the country as we roll into summer to come on the show. Um, I want to have you on. I want to have, and it's going to, there'll be shorter pieces. They're just going to be like 25, 30 minute pieces. Uh, that I squeeze into the podcast or whatever, but I want to meet more, you know, it, it used to be that I was meeting so many workers and and then I've kind of been working and branching off and stuff, but I want to get it back down to the core here and see if, and, and, you know, see if I can't bring in even new workers. So if you're listening and, uh, and you feel like you'd, you'd be, be comfortable talking about your market for anywhere from 20, tw- you know, 20 plus minutes, 20 to 35 minutes, let's say, um, and it goes by a lot quicker than you think, guys. Um, give me, get in touch with me at steve at rideshareradio.com. All right, guys. The one, one of the stories I wanted to talk to you guys about was the um, a movie that came out called The Gig Is Up. It is the cost of the gig economy. The gig is up. Um, even if you think it's a, you know, this is going to be more of a union hourly um more employee models story. Uh, I've, I've now seen it. So I'm trying to think <laughs> it, you'll see parts of that, but you'll, you'll also be able to get some, per- you'll be able to have your own perspective on this movie. One of the things I take away and why I honestly think everybody should watch it is because we all talk about how bad the gig apps are starting to pay and how bad they're starting to do. But in this video, um, there was analysis done and right at this time, at this moment in time, we have crossed over a hundred million gig workers in the world. A hundred million. But here's the kicker: in the analysis, by 2025, there will be 550 million gig workers in the world. So, go watch this movie. It's out on you know, it's it's it's. I don't know where else you might find it. Um, it's on. Apple, um, you know, probably Google to rent or whatever. But I have also heard that it's on TubeBuddy. Um, if if you know what TubeBuddy is, if you have a YouTube channel, TubeBuddy helps you promote um, like by using hashtags and stuff. But I think TubeBuddy even has a free version. So if you want to, even without a YouTube channel kind of thing, you can go create a TubeBuddy account, which would give you then access to watch this movie for free. Then you can close the account down. Just a little tip there. Okay, so the Pentagon, mm, the nation's security system. Okay, I'm interested. (laughs) So the Pentagon has decided uh, that it needs its first chief digital and artificial intelligence officer. So the, the, the full title will be the Defense Department's first Chief Digital and Artificial Intelligence Officer. Wow, I mean, like, amazing. This guy, 
whoever they hire for that's just got to be mind blowing and beyond the reach of of normal um, brain activity, right? Let's see who it is. Oh, oh, I see. It's going to be one of the machine learning chiefs um, from Lyft. Okay, so a guy who... Okay, so AI has died off at Lyft. Um, Their autonomous has been basically sold off, and even the few shares they have are non-like you're not involved shares, they don't have a say in things shares. So that department failed across the board, but he's going to be the chief digital and artificial intelligence officer for national security. Sounds good to me. Let's move on. (laughs) Um, Wow. Okay, Toronto, Toronto, Canada. And Vancouver, Canada, very shortly. Um, Welcome to your mandatory training. That's right, folks. Um, uh, If you want to be an Uber or Lyft driver up in Toronto right now, soon to be Vancouver, but let's just focus on Toronto because it's already in in place in action. If you want to be an Uber or Lyft driver, you now have to uh, take a training course and you have to pay for it, and you have to pass it. Um, The AMB Driving School is to provide drivers with mandatory driving training program. Now, they are a a third party. It is not Uber or Lyft or Uber and Lyft uh, or even a subsidiary company of them that was created. They have no say in this at all. This is a third-party thing, almost like the TFL in London, that will teach you what you need to know. And then once you're certified, then you can go work these platforms. Um, you know, I, as much as I hate regulation, I think this is, um, well, you know, it's iffy because the, because the independent contractor stuff is so wild right now, this gets iffy. But if I could push all that to the side... And it, and no matter how I felt about this, it did not matter how I felt about regulations and any of that, which I don't want. But if I could just push that to the side and nothing about delivery drivers, anybody else, just rideshare, people taking passengers. Do I think this is a good thing? Absolutely. Um, I don't have the details of the classes yet. I have not been able to found, find them, but especially if, and I'm sure it is, especially if safety and defensive measures is part of this, which Again, I'm assuming, and maybe I shouldn't assume that, but I'm assuming it is um, because uh, we talk about it all the time. And it's, you know, it's not something that a lot of drivers are um, really prepared for. Um, If you've ever, you know, one thing I'll say today, and then you can go find other podcasts where we've talked about this in more depth. But one thing I will say today is give yourself a few what ifs if you're doing rideshare. You know, what if you're on the highway, you're doing 50 miles an hour, you think you're taking somebody to the airport, um, and he pulls a gun on you and puts, sticks it right in the back of the chair. Um, what is, what, what is your play? Um, I hate to put it that, that bluntly, but what is your play? What are you going to do? You know, if somebody does this, what are you going to do? If somebody does that, what are you going to do? So like for my area, um, when I did this with some other friends, we came up with five questions. 
I made I put out my five and then I said uh, you know, what would you do? And they, everybody had to tweak the questions a little bit because everybody's market's a little different. So I might've said, what would you do if this? And they'd say, well, that really doesn't apply here, but I, I, you didn't list this one and we, this is an issue. So it was an interesting conversation, but try and find three or four or five different scenarios where you found yourself, like, I'm not saying you've had a gun stuck in the back of your car, but where you found yourself feeling like, oh man, maybe I should have handled this a little bit better or, or not just, Start off with just a couple different scenarios and what would you do? And do it in your own head. It's not a test. Or email it to me, steve at rideshareradio.com. And remember, people, anything you email to me, um, I respond to everybody and their questions. However, if you email me and you've got some good questions, I'm going to read them on the podcast, but I will never, ever, ever share names or anything. Even though it probably wouldn't really matter, um, I just won't. Okay, so... um, uh, if, if you want to even like say, you know, in the, in the title, if you want to say, you know, or in somewhere in the content, you want to put that, you know, you could use the alias such and such that's telling me that you, that maybe some people know you as that alias and I'm fine to do that. Um, but I'm not going to use your real name. Even if you're like, no, it's okay to use it. I still won't. Um, I just, I need to look out for everybody's safety. So it's what I do, but it means uh, I would, if I find your question really good, I'm going to read it because I think that it's good if I'm like, wow, that's a great question, you know, and even if I can answer it for you, um, I still, I'm going to want to answer it on the program because I'm sure other people have had it too. So let me, let's hit on this real quick too. Um, the Uber uh, paying $19 million for misleading uh, riders with fee warning. So this is a, a weird story, you guys, because this is going over, this is going on over in Australia. And, um, and they're, they're speaking about the dates. Here's So here's what's going on. They're speaking about the dates between um, uh, 2018 and 2021, okay? And there were more than 2 million customers who got charges for canceling an Uber ride within the first five minutes. And even though some things different on the platforms from country to country, that doesn't. The five minutes that we get here in the United States to cancel a ride, if you're a customer and you order a car and you cancel it, the five dollars or, or the the five minutes you get to do that for free, you also get that in Australia. But what Australia was doing was giving people a warning saying if you cancel this ride, you will be charged five dollars, even if it was two minutes after they ordered it, which falls into the it shouldn't be charged. So people were like, what? And they, so some people didn't cancel it. But for those who did, um, it was like 70% of those people were charged $5. So the other part of it weird, and this always seems to be the case with Uber, it's almost like throw them off track by, by making some weird stat in there. But of the people who said, yes, I do want to continue, I do want to cancel the ride, I saw I'm going to be charged $5, whatever, 70% of those people were truly charged $5. But here's the other kicker, and here's the bigger part of the story, I think, is the cab part. So what in Australia, you can you can book a taxi through the Uber app too and have been able to for a while. The when the cab rates were getting um under the Uber rates at times, they were uh instead of dropping the Uber rates like the, like Uber would do against Lyft here pre-pandemic in a race to the bottom you know, to try and keep undercutting each other to get the to get more customers during like hot times and whatnot. 
So, but in this case, if the if the taxi was under the Uber pay and there was like a lot of people coming out, what they were doing was instead of even instead of lowering the Uber pay to go under the taxi pay, they were making the taxi pay more than it was on the app so that it showed above the where an Uber car was, but really the taxi was cheaper. So that it's like a double lawsuit thing going on here in this, or not lawsuit because it's out now, but it's the, the fine is $19 million for misleading uh, riders. But they are trying to play this as just that first portion, you guys. And it's important that we hear about that second part because that second part relates to what's going on in New York City with Yellow Cab right now. I mean, if if Uber is going to do this in Australia for years... What's to say they're not going to do the exact same thing in New York City? And we've already known weird stuff's going to come of that, but there's another thing that could happen. We'll see. Who knows? Okay, so speaking of uh, um, gig work... <laughs> Excuse me, guys. <laughs> oh, man. Oh. Um, regardless, <laughs> I had uh, the pleasure of speaking with a... Um, a Lyft driver, uh, DoorDash delivery driver, I believe Uber Eats, a, multi- a multi-platform worker such as myself, who has also worked since 2014, same as myself, um, in Boston last week. And um, it's a good piece worth listening to you guys, because we talk about uh, Massachusetts H1234 and how it's going to be like Prop 22, except for how it is coming before an AB5 type law is passed. So it's the gig company's way of getting in front of an AB5 type law. And then maybe there isn't even the need to bring it out of re- of the relics because the AB5 law wrecked lives of true independent contractors, freelancers, writers, interpreters, musicians, um, you name it. So a lot of those careers were wrecked in California by AB5 and Prop 22 as a countermeasure. In H1234, the countermeasures going before the laws in place, establishing some things that then the law might not be worth it. And in which case, in the big picture, I very much, I hate the money and I hate the the politics that are being played in all of this junk laws. But I, I really hate that AB5 destroyed people's lives. And I mean, again... All of you audio podcast listeners know, you know you've you've heard the episodes um, on the YouTube side. I've got those Kim Cavan, Karen Anderson, Gail Gordon, uh, Lisa Rothstein episodes. They're up there. They're on here. Give those a listen, you guys, and really understand what's going on with AB5. Again, not Prop 22, but AB5. But this is Prop 22 trying to get in front of of the actual law, which I'm not sure, you know, that in any way that's intended to help the independent, the true independent contractor. It's just the measure that these gig platform companies are looking to take instead of going through the other way. And my guess is to have more solidified type laws so that, you know, if in case anything like that is enacted, they can point to the fact that something else has passed ahead of it. So... Um, but go check out this piece. Uh, it's on YouTube. Again, everything's going to be all, everything, every, everything I talked about today, all of these are going to be in the show notes. So this one in the show notes will be, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, number six, probably. And it will be called uh, IC or Employee, a Boston gig worker's perspective. And I, and I think you guys should go take a listen to that. 
It's a good discussion. So let's talk a little more about the Proposition 22 um, because I'm, I'm trying to put this to a rest. Um, I had a good conversation with uh, John McKellian on Sunday. Actually, we had a very uh, intense conversation because John lives in California and he's one of the people who sees a little bit of Prop 22 money, but he's not one of the people who lives off it. And, uh, and he's got a good reason why. So um, I think you guys all are well aware. <laughs> I say it all the time. What's my what's my most hated gig company? That's right. It's Instacart. <laughs> it's Instacart who pays nothing. Nothing, nothing, nothing. So here's the deal, guys. It looks like in, so Instacart has two um has two like large cities that they headquarter from on the East Coast and the West. I don't think they really need both, and I think they understand that. So they're in California, in San, like South San Francisco, but they're there. They have like a some building, and then they're in Atlanta. Now, obviously, the goal was probably to stay in San Francisco if only one of the two were needed. Um, this is pre-pandemic, obviously, but um, if one of the two were, ne- you know, if it needed to go to one, it probably would have always gone to San Francisco. However, because of the turmoil in San Francisco and because of some other things going on with Instacart and Prop 22, they are looking at moving out of the San Francisco location and only having the Atlanta. So why is this a big deal? Well, here's why it's a big deal. Um, Governor Gavin Newsom of California has offered to, on top of Instacart's ridiculously, ridiculously high um, uh, tax credit they get, he is willing to give them an additional $21 million to stay in San Francisco. And here's the kicker, guys. Um, I won't get into the whole thing. Again, this article will be in there. Um, uh, you can, again, this just all, everything's gonna be in the show notes. So if you want to read on further on any of these stories that I'm just leaving off on, they'll all be in there, but check this out. So, um, here's, here's what he wants in exchange for $21 million of extra tax credit for Instacart. He wants them to, uh, hire some full-time employees. And yes, that, those are the words, hire some full-time employees. So it's not hire 100, hire 500, it's hire, hire some, have some. Okay, I don't know, I don't, I don't know what some means. It's not a, it's not a defined number. Um, and invest in an office space downtown. Okay, so they have to be like Uber. They have to rent a building that has a sign that says Instacart on it within the, the uh, city limits of San Francisco. Okay, seems weird. Uh, tenant improvements, computer equipment, furniture, and fixtures as part of its expansion in San Francisco. So, w- wait a minute. Not only are they going to have to have some employees put a sign up outside of their office building, a, l- a few tenant improvements, they're going to actually have to buy computers? Wait a minute. If they hire the employees, they're not just going to stand there? They're going to need a computer? Oh, and because of the computer, they'll need furniture and then fixtures. So they got to buy a couch for the the main room, a sign for the outside, a computer for the worker. Um, I don't know about you guys, but this is the quote from Newsom. 
This is, I mean, this is, it should be like a three page document on what he is wanting, but he's wanting one sentence worth of things that are so undefined, they could get away with this deal and not do any of these. Here's the kicker though, because DoorDash, so we're going to use San Francisco for the example real quick on Prop 22. And then until something changes with Prop 22, or until one of you guys comes on the podcast and really wants to talk about it more, um, because we've talked around it a lot. So here's the thing though, guys, let's use San Francisco. In San Francisco, the minimum wage is $20 an hour. I think it's like 1983 or something, 1984 an hour, but we'll call it 20, okay? It's $20 an hour. The gig companies under Prop 22 are are forced to pay you 120% of minimum wage in the market you work in California. So if you work in the San Francisco market, you are guaranteed... $24 $24 an hour on all of the gig platforms um, for your active time. Now, that does not include tips. So Instacart, who pays you $7 a batch order, let's say that you take a $7 batch order. In most cases, to go from wherever you are to the store, do the shop, get out, go back to your car, deliver the food, that's an hour. So that's an active time hour. And their base pay is $7. So if they're paying you $7, take seven away from 24, they still owe you 17 for every hour, for every active hour, for every, for every driver, for every active hour in San Francisco, they owe them $24 an hour, no matter what their um, entry level pay says it's going to be their base pay. So their base pay might as well say $24 an hour because that is what it is. And Instacart is actually, oddly enough, I mean, people will say, you'll hear this and you'll say, no, that could never happen. But if you, I want you to remember back, I want you to remember back to January 2020, when the state of California told Uber and Lyft, okay, AB5 is in effect, you're gonna have to pay it. What happened to you a month later? In February, they were like, hey, you guys aren't paying it. You need to pay this for real. And they said, we're not going to pay that. And they said, we want you guys just pass that in a back in a in a over the weekend in some back alley deal law. So no, we're not gonna pay it. We want to fight it. So they let them they waited till the midnight hour and Uber and Lyft said, We will leave the state. And they were ready to pack up and leave. Because they could not take that disruption in uh in the transportation service in California, they agreed to let them have from that February. 2020 till November 2020 to introduce and see if they could pass a proposition, hence Proposition 22, that would get them a carve out like so many others had. Um, And it did pass. So now under Prop 22, with Instacart losing that much per batch order, they're they're finding themselves in the same boat now as as Lyft and Uber did when they thought they were going to be under AB5. And they're now looking at potentially leaving the state. Um, I know that's very uh, weird, (laughs) but, um, you know, I I, I get it. I mean, it's not an idle threat. You want to know why? Because I get it that that they just need, I mean, if if they're if if they've worked out a system where and all of us shop all of us Instacart workers hate this, but if they've worked out a system where every um, person is your base pay is seven dollars, and that's what works. Even though we probably know that there's room for maneuvering there, they can't afford to pay everybody twenty four. 
So um, like them or not, they can't. And and they're going to have to start taking it against other cities or the, the rest of the country's workers are going to need to make up for this to get it to California to help offset that money. So, um, you know, Massachusetts, Washington on the docket, it's, it's crazy. And uh, yeah, I mean, we just, you know, in a way, I, you know, I hope something gets figured out. I don't know what it would be. Um, in another way, I hate Instacart. So if something goes bad for him, so be it. And then in another way, you know, I hope they leave California and, and, and show them that the companies aren't scared to do it. Um, you know, the unions are coming for these, uh, these companies and guys, I am not a union supporter. You know that, but I can tell you from a lot of talks I've had with people, the unions are coming. They're not, they're not just chilling and, and they're accepting defeat. Well, in fact, they've been planning for a while and a lot of that plan's about to go into place and a big portion of it will go into place directly after the November election. So stay tuned. So, um, Massachusetts, uh, is now setting up the stage for a big, uh, um, clash over gig work, the gig worker ballot. Um, you know, Lyft and Uber and Instacart and DoorDash and all of these companies, just like California, are already putting in so much money, just like they started to in, when they started Prop 22. And now the state is starting to get their money together on what they'll pay to fight this again. You know, let's not, let us not forget history that 400 million, close to $400 million total was wasted between the state of California and Uber and Lyft having to put their money together, $400 million was wasted to have a Prop 22 battle against the AB5 law. So if we're in store for that in every state, who's that going to be taken out against? The drivers. So um, just, you know, big problems all around, and we need them to start getting solved is the bottom line. All right, guys, so here we go. Speaking of Instacart, it looks like Uber Corner Shop is really getting out there and expanding. Um, I was looking at what they're doing over in the UK uh, right now with Uber uh, Eats and the way that they're trying to pair up with some grocery stores over there, which isn't really a thing that's done yet. So I'm very interested in that space. But here in the United States, um, Uber and uh, as of as of the May 3rd, is that today? Yeah. As of today, um, Uber and Albertsons have teamed up uh, to partner for at least another 2,000 stores with Corner Shop. So Corner Shop is on the move. I think that Corner Shop sees Instacart falling, failing, and everything. And it's, you know, it it almost seems ridiculous to say this, like, like here's Uber making some good business plays because they see somebody else dropping the ball and usually it's Uber dropping the ball. <laughs> but, I mean, and I'm not 100% sold that Uber can handle this uh, without turning their model into crap pay too. Um, I do know people that are doing Uber Corner Shop right now and they're loving it. They're raging it. They're making great money. But again, that's based on... Uh, um, uh, you know, the fact that it's the honeymoon period for pain, they don't have enough drivers and they onboard you and they're paying you fat and you get to tell people and then other people come on. So uh, is that really real? Yeah, it's real, but will it stay real? We'll have to see. But they are partnering up with big stores. So it looks like they are really trying to take on Instacart now, um, which isn't surprising. It's just, it's finally happening is what it is. Um, 
Let's see. Uber's, oh, Uber's first quarter is reporting this Wednesday. What do you think we're going to hear, guys? Are we going to hear that uh, Uber is set, uh, um, Uber has a, has had a great three months or an awful three months? Or are we going to hear that shares are up or down? Mm, Let's see what CNBC says. CNBC says shares are down more than 29% year to date as inflation challenged consumers and the spread of COVID Omicron variant and surging gas prices weighed on the stock. I love it how they add in COVID and gas prices to the reason why Uber is not going to turn a profit this quarter. Couldn't we just as easily have said Uber has never once in their since inception, since the first day of operation, they have never turned a profit. So therefore, we're not expecting one this quarter. And we absolutely, and shares are down 29% year to date. I mean, that would tell me enough. I don't need to hear COVID Omicron and, uh, and gas prices. Um, I know that those do weigh in inflation and stuff, but that's not why Uber's not making a profit. Let's be honest. Uh, there is a new um, last mile delivery service out there called Axel Hire in Washington, D.C. and Baltimore. If you're in those areas, give the, look them up, see what you think. Get in touch with me, Steve at uh, RideshareRodeo.com, if you think you like it. I am going to try and get these guys onto the podcast this week um, on Thursday, I do. We do have uh, uh, Metrobi on the podcast, and um, looking forward to that because they're a last mile service that's out of Boston, New York, and uh, Chicago, and a couple of those northeast cities. The northeast, pretty much, and then Chicago a little bit too. So, I'm very interested in the last mile delivery space right now, and I, uh, I'm looking forward to our our interview with the CEO founder on this Thursday on the live roundtable. Or I'm also looking at, uh, uh, and I mean, I'm looking at, uh, looking into these guys getting on there as well. So uh, let's talk about the every, you know, after the successful campaign to organize a warehouse in April, uh, the Amazon labor union failed to unionize a second facility, a union uh, vote to organize a second Amazon warehouse on Staten Island falls short. So, you know, I think that, um, and again, guys, you know, if you correct me, if you think I'm wrong, but, uh, I think with the way the economy is, people are, uh, I I was surprised the first one of these went through. I know it went through before things were really upside down. However, I'm surprised it went through right now because the last thing people are looking to do is have, uh, unions have their hand in their pocket too. So, you know, when you get paid or whatever, the union says, Hey, hold on a minute. Let me take our portion. Here it is. You go take the other, the rest. And you're left with, um, or they take a, a way bigger portion than you think. And things just add up and adding up. And what are they really doing for you? The question of unions is out there. Um, you know, it, in, in the world that of everybody I speak to on both sides of everything, let's say, <laughs> Uh, at least 90% of people do not want to be unionized in the gig economy. So, um, yeah, again, I'm not, there's a time and a place for some unions. The gig economy is not ever that time or place. Just my opinion. Okay, guys, here's one last one coming up for you. So uh, today is the third. Today is Tuesday. That makes Thursday what? Cinco de Mayo. Okay. 
So check it out, you guys. Um, if you've never, so Lyft is offering free rides on Cinco de Mayo. They do this every year. And I, one year, when I was doing rideshare, I did this. It was one of the worst nights of my life. Um, my car was just, you know, just kind of destroyed. Um, I think I even had one of my two or th- three puking incidents were on that night. Uh, the rides don't surge because uh, they don't care how long it takes to get to people. So they don't l- allow people the, uh, you know, there's no like, you know, we're going to get cars to you as fast as we can. It's more like because we're giving you a free ride, you'll get, your car will be there in an hour. And then what I think they're going to try and do this year is say, hey, if you want to pay for more, though, you can pay more and we can get you one in 10 minutes. But that's beside the point. Don't work free. And I'm not saying if it was normal, like Mardi Gras in, in New Orleans, rideshare drivers can rage that. They know how to work it. But Cinco de Mayo is just a drunk fest no matter where you go. Um, and there are places, yes, that celebrate the true part of Cinco de Mayo. Even here in Denver, there's a big traditional celebration of Cinco de Mayo. But there's a lot of of partying around the country that most people don't even care about anything to the what it, what the origins are or anything. They, they just like drunk day. And so... Um, be safe out there, but also, you know, if you if you're looking for a day to take off, this is a good one because I'll tell you, I've talked to many other drivers too. But even in my personal experience, first of all, the the rides are free, so you're only getting a basic pay from Lyft, and this is not a big tipping night. If you think it is, it's not. People spend all their money at the bar, and when you end up taking them home, they're just a mess. And even if they mean to tip you, they're not. They're most likely to forget. Um, you're taking home some very, very wasted people. So I would just say after the pandemic and everybody being all tied up and whatnot and the craziness, I would think that here's the deal. I can tell you from personal experience in my market, I didn't do, I, I, if, if I could have just that one Cinco de Mayo I worked to take back and not work it, I would, because it was not worth my time and uh, the money was not good at all and I would not do it again. So that's my personal take. And uh, that's it. All right, guys, I want to throw out some uh, last minute love before I get out of here. Um, Again, check out Maximo app. Check out the Driver Utility Helper or the DUH app. Check out Curry, C-U-R-R-I app. Check out Dumpling if you're looking to truly run your own gig business. Um, And uh, check out our uh, website, uberliftdrivers.com check out the youtube channel rideshareradio.com check out the um twitter channel uberliftdrivers or rideshare rodeo instagram and facebook find us there too um that's about it you guys uh uh make sure that uh you join us back here next week remember those friday uh extra roundtable podcasts will be starting this week um, and they're great discussions. So give, uh, check them out and we will see you back here next week on rodeo peace. Oh,